It was the most virulent, deadly viral outbreak the world had ever seen. When the affliction began to finally relent, two-thirds of the planet's population, 4.2 billion people, were gone. For those left after, the new epidemic was one of moral degradation, survival by any and all means, a pandemic of the inhumane. But small patches of hope sprouted from the fallow ashes of what once was. And for some, our humanity remained the only thing worth fighting for. Yeah, come in. Hey, Jake. Have you heard from Matt or Kate? No. Why? Uh, Wow, you look awful. Way to be supportive. Sorry, I suppose I could have said something like, Wow, you really look like crap. (laughs) See, was that so hard? (laughs) Uh, uh, Seriously, though, you really do look worn down. Are you okay? (sighs) No. No, I don't think I am. You look like you've got the flu. Are you feeling nauseous? I think it's just stress. You know, when I left all this behind, it was like the weight of the world had been lifted off my shoulders. And after I got better and started making my way back here, I I never even entertained the idea of taking it all back. All I wanted to do was... You know what? It, It doesn't matter now. So, why did you take it all on again? Well, it wasn't given much choice. That's not how I hear it. You shouldn't believe everything you hear. Very true. So how about you explain it to me? Why did you shove Matt out of his role after you spent so much time and effort grooming him for it? Uh, I don't know. I came down that hill and found half of our people trying to leave and the council was at each other's throats. They were like children fighting over a toy and Matt, he just sat there. He did nothing. Do you think maybe your miraculous resurrection had something to do with that? I know I was floored when I'd been told you were alive and well. I can't even imagine what must have been going through his mind. It shouldn't have mattered. He let Warner take control over everything, and when I called him on his excuses, he just walked away, left me with this giant mess to clean up. You know I don't buy that. You know, I don't care if you buy it or not. It's what happened. And what about Jamie? Jamie? Yeah, Jamie. You know, the incredibly sweet girl who, as we speak, is up on the roof watching for trouble. The same girl you allegedly profess to love in this amazing letter that I'm told she keeps under her pillow. The only person who never gave up hope that you were still alive. That's a little more complicated. Jake, it couldn't be any simpler. You make it complicated because you're terrified of getting hurt. Believe me, I understand. But Jamie and Matt, they love you, and they're not going to abandon you. So whatever it was that happened to you out there, tell them. Let them help you. What makes you think anything happened to me? I am not an idiot, Jake. I know you. I know when you're trying to hide something, and unlike Matt, I'm not preoccupied by my own guilt and anger, so I recognize how you're deflecting. Talking down to everyone, shifting blame, ignoring the people you care about... And let's be honest, throwing a hundred people out in the cold, that was a huge red flag by itself. It wasn't a hundred. Whatever. My point is that if you keep going this way, you're going to lose everything. And I know that will kill you. 
Uh, boy, I wish it was as simple as all that, but... But nothing. At the very least, you should be able to identify with Jamie. It wasn't all that long ago that you were pining over me. I didn't pine. Oh, you're right. It was more like stalking. I was not stalking you. Shall we list off all the ways you tried to insert yourself into my life from sixth grade up until we were together? No, no, no. <laughs> Good, because we'd be here all day. <laughs> and probably into the night. And unlike some people, I don't have that kind of time to waste. Seriously, Jake, I know you have stronger than friendly feelings towards Jamie, and I also know she's over the moon for you. Everyone sees how you look at each other when you think no one's watching. And Matt, you know as well as I do that all you have to do is talk to him and he'd move mountains to help you. And as it happens, the perfect opportunity to fix all of this has presented itself. And I bet it has to do with what you initially came here to talk to me about. It's been a week and we haven't heard from Kate or Matt or any of the others. I think you need to go down to Oregon City and find out what's going on. And I don't think you should go alone. So why not ask Jamie to go with you? This way you two can talk on the way down and you can explain to her why you've been such a jackass. Then on the way back... Maybe you and Matt can have a nice long chat. Nicole, I don't know if that's actually such a no good... No excuses, Jake. These are your friends, and you need them. So cowboy up. Cowboy up? Ow! Get moving, dumbass. Okay, okay. I'm going already. Hey, Jamie. I need you to come with me. What for? We're going down to Calhoun's farm to see what's keeping our people so long. And I hoped that maybe you and I could talk about a couple of things. Oh, now you want to talk. Well, Jake, I don't really feel like talking to you. Jamie, I know you're upset with me and and you have every reason to be. Upset? You think I'm upset? Jake, I am so far past upset, it is beyond ridiculous. Please don't make this difficult. <laughs> me me make this difficult? You have no idea how difficult I can be. I'm starting to get an idea. You trying to be funny? You think that if you try to make a joke, it'll soften me up and I'll jump on a truck with you? Forget that you've been acting like such a cold-hearted jerk? Well, sorry to disappoint you, but that's not happening. Look, I didn't want this to... <laughs> didn't want to what? banish half of our people on your first day back then why did you do it why punish all those people people who trusted you believed in you jake or how about explaining why you refused to listen to matt about the train i'm not a military genius but even i knew that was a stupid move or maybe you'd prefer to explain why you've been treating everyone around here like they're somehow beneath you it's so much worse than it was before you left and honestly that's saying something. At least then, we could see that you pretended to care. Or how about how you've been treating me? I have racked my brain trying to figure out why someone who professes to care as deeply as you said could turn around and treat someone like they had leprosy. You made me feel like I was nothing, Jake. Less than nothing. It was a really complicated decision, and you just didn't understand No, what no, we- I didn't understand, Jake, and I don't care. Don't try and justify it. You've been making horrible choices, and you know it. Jamie, you're acting like a spoiled brat who didn't get her way. 
spoiled brat? You need to go. You need to go right now. Mr. Fox, may I have a word? Dr. Hansen, right now is not a good time. Maybe when I get back. That's what I wanted to talk to you about, actually. I understand you're going to Oregon City, and I wish to accompany you. (laughs) I appreciate that, Doc, but I don't know what I'm heading into. It could be dangerous, so it's just better if you stay here. Mr. Fox, do I need to remind you of our agreement? I provide you with a... Get your hands off me! You listen to me, you pretentious piece of slime. I am well aware of our little deal, and I've held up my end pretty well. You're still upright and breathing, aren't you? You also claimed that I would be respected here, that I'd be consulted on your goings-on in this little camp of yours. You claimed I'd be in charge of your medical facility, if it can even be called that. But since we've arrived, I've been forced to work with a woman who everyone in this place looks at like some sort of miracle healer, despite being barely qualified to take their temperatures. Not only that, but you haven't asked me to any of your so-called council meetings. I only see you when you need something from me. You you told me that you would have my council, but since we've arrived, I don't seem to be of any priority to you. You waste all your time arguing with that blundering oaf and that very irritating little talk. I would choose my next words very carefully if I were you, Doctor. Or you may find our partnership dissolved in a very violent manner. You and I both know. That it's an idle threat at best. I want to be crystal clear here, Doctor. The only thing I ever promised you was a roof over your head and food in your stomach and my protection. The same thing I offer anyone who comes through those doors. Then perhaps it's time that you and I renegotiate our agreement. Unless, of course, you think you can make it a day without my services. Or perhaps you'd prefer if I just let your little secret slip out. I admit I'm curious what they'd all say or do if they knew the truth. I don't know them as well as you, obviously, but I can't imagine they'd be very supportive, especially after you forced all of those people out of their home. And how would that young lady feel when she finds out- Alright, fine. You made your point. (sighs) Fine. You want to come? Get in the truck. Thank you. Along the way, perhaps you and I can discuss our new terms. Uh, no. You ride in the back. You just said- I said you could come along. If you don't mind, I think I'd like a little time to myself. Very well. I feel I should warn you that if anything untoward should happen to me, I have taken steps to make sure that your secret gets out. (laughs) Keep pushing me, Doc. This isn't at all what I expected when you said we were going to visit your friend's farm. 
You said there would be a dozen or so people working the land. There was. This looks like it's become more of some sort of hippie commune or something. Or something? I want you to find Kate or Con or whoever you can and gather our people up. I want to get out of here as soon as possible. I'm going to go try and find out what's going on around here. I really don't think we should separate. I think it'd be better if I stayed Doctor, with you. I'm about this close from losing my patience with you. Now, if you don't want to spend the rest of your life eating through a tube, I'd suggest you do as I asked. You really shouldn't threaten me, Mr. Fox. I warn you that I could make things very painful for you if you don't. The sun has risen, friends. Yeah, that's nice. Who are you? They call me Reverend Stencil. It's nice to meet you, Reverend. I'm looking for my people. Can you tell me where to find Calhoun? Hmm, I'm afraid he's no longer here. Well, where'd he go? My apologies, you misunderstand me. Mr. Calhoun has passed away. I'm sorry, what? When? Who's in charge now? We follow his rule. He speaks through me. Oh, you've got to be freaking kidding me. Look, can you just tell me where Cohen or Kate and the rest of the people from Homestead are? I'd like to bring them home. Yeah, they're around here somewhere, helping with the work, I'm sure. I can help you look for them if you'd like. That'd be helpful. Doc, stay with the truck. But you just told me to... Stay with the truck! You called him Doc. Is it a clever nickname, or is he an actual doctor? Well, that's what he claims. A doctor would be very welcome around here. Do you think he'd consent to examining some of our people? I mean, we've been fairly lucky health-wise around here. Nothing worse than a bout of flu last winter, but I've got a few people that might need some extra care. (laughs) To be honest, it'd probably make his day to perform a few examinations. (laughs) Forgive me for saying, but you're a rather surly fellow. Well, I've got about a dozen people who've been missing for almost a week now, and I just learned that one of the few people I actually respected in this world just died. Maybe you can understand how I might be a little on the surly side. Yeah. I suppose I can. You never told me your name, friend. Fox. Fox. Homestead? Fox? Yeah. Do I know you? No, but I know you. At least I've heard quite a bit about you from Kate. She speaks very highly of you. Is that right? I've been very privileged to get to know Kate these past few days, and she's told me all about you and all you've done up in the north. It's very impressive, but... She also expressed some concern about you of late. She told me that you just returned from some sort of um, self-exile because of an illness and that you don't seem yourself. Well, Kate has a tendency to overthink things. But if it's really that important to her, when she and I get back, we'll have a nice little sit-down. And what if she doesn't want to go back with you? Excuse me? Well, I'm just wondering what you plan to do here if any of your people decide they prefer things here. Kate indicated to me that you're a man who likes things his way. I'm trying to keep my people safe. And from what I've heard, you can be dangerous sometimes. Only if the situation calls for it. As for what I'll do, I'm not a tyrant. If my people genuinely want to stay, then I won't stop them. But I'd prefer to hear it directly from them. Call me paranoid, but I'm not going to take the word of a total stranger on this. That's good. That's good. You know, after everything I heard about you, I have expected you to pull your weapon on me and march your people back to your vehicle at gunpoint. I guess I owe you an apology. You shouldn't believe everything you hear. Thank you for the reminder. Would you like to join me for lunch? I can send someone to round up all your people, but it'll probably take a while. We're spread pretty thin now that we've gained all that extra land. I'd like to talk to you about an idea I have to spread our good fortune and 
I've been told that you've got a good relationship with a lot of the outlying camps. Thanks for the offer, but I think I'd rather just go look for my people. Please, I insist. Your people will be here when we're done. They're not going anywhere, and Molly makes some of the most delicious soup you've ever tasted. Please have a seat. Molly makes chicken soup that is not to be believed. Would you mind telling me how Calhoun died? Hmm. It's a most unfortunate story. We came here looking for food and shelter, and he graciously opened his home to us. In exchange for his protection, we would help him in the fields. And what we didn't know at the time was how depressed the man was. He was still mourning the loss of his wife. And one night we heard a gunshot, and then we found him. Broke our hearts. Yeah, I get that. It's... It's just a bit strange that neither Ken nor Luke reached out to us to let us know. I don't know Luke, but he might have been among the group that moved out east just after we arrived. And uh, Ken? Well, he felt it was best to keep it quiet. I'm told that uh, Calhoun wasn't very friendly with some people, and Ken thought that those people might try and come take this place from us. Well, he's not wrong. I can't even tell you how many times we had to come down and help defend his land. But Calhoun, he was a really good man. He's going to be sorely missed. So after he died, you just sort of, what, took over the place? Well, it seemed a shame to just leave such rich soil behind. Ah, thank you, Molly. Please eat. Like I said, the soup is unbelievable. Thank you, Reverend, but no thank you. I don't mean to be rude here, but I'd really like to just get my people and head back. What's the harm in sharing a meal with me? You find me threatening in some way? (laughs) Threatening? No. Annoyingly unhelpful? Immensely. Look, I don't know why you're so intent on keeping me distracted, but it doesn't inspire trust, and I need to trust you if we're going to be any kind of allies. That is what you wanted, correct? You're very straightforward. I can't help but admire that. I've been told by your friends that you're a very honorable man, but I can see they weren't mistaken. But I've also noticed that you're easily agitated, and you seem to be on the verge of running out of here. I can't help but feel as if you're hiding something. Maybe the same thing that's causing so much friction between you and your people. I didn't come all the way down here for counseling. Maybe that's exactly what you came for. No disrespect, Reverend, but you don't know a thing about me. And what little patience I have is starting to run out. So why don't you do us both a favor What is it you're hiding from, Mr. Fox? I'm not running from anything. Is it the girl? Forgive me. I forgot her name. Kate told me there was a girl. Someone you hurt and... uh... Damn it, Kate. Okay, I'm sorry, but we're done here. Can you just tell me what it is you're using? Oxy? Fentanyl? I suppose it isn't really important what you're using, but I can see it plain as day that the guilt is eating you alive. How do you... How do you... Know you're an addict? Little things. When you know what to look for, the signs are easy to spot. For one thing, you haven't been able to look me in the eyes since we met. It's almost like you're afraid that I'll be able to see right through you. I've seen it a million times. You see, before the collapse, I worked as an addiction counselor. And I've seen people so far gone that there was simply no helping them. I've seen teenagers and old people all trying to get some semblance in their life back. And right now... 
I see conflict in your eyes. Right now, you don't know whether to kill me or hug me. Okay, you need to shut up now. Let me take a stab in the dark here. Your parents were addicts, right? Probably sold drugs to feed their own habits. Because of that, you kept to yourself. Right? Not a lot of friends? Maybe one or two who knew what was going on, but you never really talked about it. Your biggest fear was turning out just like the pathetic excuses for human beings you were trapped with. You longed for the storybook family that you saw on television, or even coveted with what your friends took for granted. And then, the first chance you got, you left. Tried to get as far away from your childhood as you could, and that led to the military. Am I right so far? How? How do you know that? I bet you even thought you'd found your calling there. The thing you were born to do. How many tours overseas did you do? Three, four, volunteered for every dangerous mission that came up? First man in, last man out, because you had to make sure everyone on your team would go home. People relied on you, and you always came through. Even then, you were a protector. You probably started in school, looking at that little guy, right? And that carried you through your military career all the way up to the collapse. And then, when the military fell, you took up the role of protector again by gathering all the lost souls you could and giving them a new home and a new purpose. Fox, the guardian, the protector of the downtrodden. But let me ask you this, Fox, who protects the protectors? Who catches you when you fall? Who will be there to give you a hand when you need it? I don't know what- It's him, Fox. He's been there your whole life, watching out for you and giving you the strength you need to overcome every obstacle. He's there molding you into the man that he needed you to become. Someone who would give solace to those left behind after the great cleansing. He led you here, to me, because he knows you can't beat this on your own. No. No, 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 no. You're trying to get into my head. I don't know how you knew that stuff, but I don't need you or anyone else. Fox, let's be honest here for just a minute. When you thought you were dying, you were relieved, weren't you? You finally saw an end to the pain, and you welcomed it, despite the promise of happiness that it only just manifested with this girl. But you chose death, rather than take this chance because you were too afraid of it failing. Or of being a failure. I, I, how can, how, how are you doing? And then, when you learned that you weren't going to die after all, how did you feel? Were you happy? Thrilled at the prospect of seeing those you cared for? Or were you afraid that all the things you'd escape from would find you again? All that bad stuff you'd kept locked inside you was just waiting for you to return. It's okay, Fox. I'm not going to judge you. I just want you to be honest with yourself. I don't want to do this, okay? I don't want to do this. I understand. But if you don't, if you continue down this road, can you live with the consequences? You've already begun pushing your friends away. And isn't that why you're here, Fox? To try and bring them home? They came here to get away from who you've become. If you want them back, you need to confront your problems. I can help you. Let him work through me to help you. You weren't so far gone yet. We can find your path again. I can free you from your demons once and for all. You can be free, Fox. You can have the love you so desperately crave. You just have to trust me. I don't know if I can. I believe in you. Your people believe in you. I think it's time you believe in yourself.
What's going on? I'm not sure, but the Reverend seems really excited. Why do I suddenly have the chills? Will you please stop? I'm getting a little tired of it. I'm sorry, Kate, but... Okay, shh, quiet. He's starting. Good evening, everyone. I want to take a moment to thank you all for your hard work today. I've got to tell you that we've had very strange things happening the last few days, you know. But I'm very thankful because he has seen fit to send us a few special new friends. As some of you know, Alan has helped us immensely getting those cabins constructed. We'll all be warm and sheltered this winter. And Wheeler, this young man is an inspiration to all of us. And I would especially like to give thanks to him for sending us Kate. Where is she? Ah, there you are, Kate. As some of you know, Kate has come to us with a very heavy heart. She feared for her soul and she feared for those she cares most deeply for. But he has given her strength. And he has given her comfort, and now she is ready to join us in serving him. I have a feeling that she will become a guiding light to us all. Now, of course, we've had some sad news. Our savior, Mr. Calhoun, sadly passed away and left us without a protector. We all know just how dangerous our new world is, and I must admit that I felt fear. Without Mr. Calhoun here... Who would watch out for us? Well, my friends, once again, he answered our prayers. He has blessed us once again. Earlier today, I met a man on a precipice, a man who was deeply troubled, and he needed guidance. Oh, no. Today, this man came to us, and I looked into his heart. I saw his desperation and his sadness, and friends, it broke my heart. But as you know... He has a path for us all. No, 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 no. Anyone else, please. The longer we spoke, the more I came to understand why he sent this man to us. It was so I could help this young man take his first steps on the path. Not him, too. He still has a very long road ahead of him and many challenges to face. But I believe that together we can help Jacob Fox navigate his path into his new Eden. I can't believe it. I'm just, I'm so happy. Matt, can you believe this? I just, I'm going to go hug him. He is not getting away without a hug. Son of a bitch. Homestead, episode seven. You can be free. Written, directed, and produced by James Robinson. Story by James Robinson, Travis Box, and Danny Headam. Music by Me You. Starring Travis Box as Cohen, Summer Shore as Kate, Rebecca Gurney as Jamie, James Robinson as Fox, Samantha Stark as Nicole, Dave Scott as Reverend Stinsel, and Nick Gurney as Doc Hansen. Homestead is a Not Another Podcast production.